The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. TFA fam, welcome in, welcome in. We decided to push the waiver ad show. Normally we do on Sunday night. We decided to move it to Monday night because there was two Monday night football games. So that's what we ended up doing. So that's why we were one day late. But without further ado, uh, this was kind of a bloody week uh, in terms of injuries. We had lost more quarterbacks. We've lost yeah. uh, you know, some running backs that got hurt. So there's quite a bit to talk about in a few of these departments. Other like the wide receivers, tight ends. I mean, not as much, but at least in the quarterback and the wide receiver. Because this week, I mean, we saw once again, C.J. Stroud left with a concussion. And then Justin Herbert has a fractured finger, which is likely going to end his season. Uh, they don't have anything left to play for. I know he's going to get surgery on it. I highly doubt he plays. I think he's probably done for the year. And so with that being said, I mean, two more quarterbacks go down. We're going to need, you're probably going to need some waiver ads. You know, I, I know once we get to the playoffs, you're usually saying something like, oh, well, if you're having to, you know, stream during this time of the year, you probably, you know, aren't making the playoffs or whatever. Your team's not very good. But we've had such a massive amount of, of, of quarterbacks that get hurt. Like, I don't think that's the case. So let that without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. So Matthew Stafford is who I'm going to start out with. On ESPN, he's only rostered in 33% of leagues. On Yahoo, he's rostered in 50% of leagues. So I wanted to go ahead and put him on here because, uh, once again, he put together another great game. This time it was against one of the uh, best defenses in the league. Uh, in their Baltimore Ravens. Stafford threw for 294 yards and three touchdowns for 23 fantasy points. He now has three straight games of 20-plus fantasy points, and, and and now they get by far the best matchup of all the streaming quarterbacks for the Commanders coming up. Uh, the Commanders have allowed the second-most fantasy points to the position, and he is a must-add if some of you, you had C.J. Stroud or Justin Herbert. He is 100% the number one guy I want to add. Uh, next up, you have Jake Browning. Now, this is a guy that I would not have thought I would head on here, but two weeks in a row, he has looked solid. Um, uh, he threw for 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also rushed three times for seven yards and another score. Good for 25 fantasy points. He has now put up 25 or more in back-to-back weeks. Uh, uh, for context, he has scored 50 points over his last two games. He has scored more than than um, Kenny Pickett has all year in fantasy points in two games. So if that if that does anything for you, so uh, <laughs> or that's just how bad. Uh, Kenny Pickett is so uh, one or the other but anyways 
Uh, he is in, he, he does have a tougher matchup, though, this week. Uh, it is a home matchup against the Vikings on Saturday, but uh, they have allowed the 19th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Not nearly as good of a matchup, but they do still have really good weapons. And Jake Browning has looked pretty good. So uh, he is somebody I think you can look to add. Uh, old, old faithful Gardner Minshew is on here, rostering 28% of leagues. Uh, Minshew's back to his normal uh, stat line, throwing for 240 yards and one touchdown against the Bengals. This should have been a great matchup, but he, uh, he managed only a meager 15 fantasy points, which is pretty much what you expect to get from him every single week. Uh, this week, the Colts take on a Steelers defense that has allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to quarterback. So not really a great matchup here, but they look like they could be without J.J. Watt, who under the concussion protocol, so maybe that helps things a little bit. But uh, next up, let's talk about Zach Wilson. Uh this was probably the best effort of Zach, uh, Zach Wilson's career, and it came at a, at a time that no one would have guessed. Uh, with a rainfield game against the Texans that nobody wanted to play, extremely low uh, total, Wilson threw for 300 yards, which is just the third time in his career. Uh, he, he has uh, two touchdowns. Uh, for, he ended up with two, uh, two touchdowns and 20 fantasy points on top of that. Uh, next up is a matchup against the Dolphins, who have been pretty average against the position allowing the 15th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. But I'm going to say, like, if you have to play Zach Wilson, I mean, it, things are pretty dire. But I know a lot of people have hoarded quarterbacks, especially with all the, the backups that having to be had. So I did want to put him on here. And then Joe Flacco, the 39-year-old Flacco, has once again had another solid day against the Jaguars. He threw for 311 yards and three touchdowns for 21 fantasy points. However, this is probably where the feel-good story comes to an end because while some will tell you this is a solid matchup, that narrative is wrong. Uh, against the Bears. The Browns will face a Bears defense that has been dominant over the last month. The Browns are, uh, this uh, this season, the Bears have allowed the 14th most fantasy points. However, over their last four games, the Bears have allowed the seventh fewest passing yards per game and have the second most takeaways among all defenses. They've also allowed 13 or fewer, uh, 13 or fewer points, uh, real points, in three of their last four games as well. So th this is not as good of a matchup here for Joe Flacco, but I know times are tough, and he is widely available because he's Joe Flacco. And then I put Will Levis on here just because of the matchup that he gets this week, but uh, he is somebody else that really is, is tough to trust as well. So uh, this is kind of the way that I would look at it here in terms of the streaming options this week. I'll just throw out there quickly since we're uh, shitting on Kenny Pickett for no reason. I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Joe Flacco also has more 250-yard and multiple touchdown games, More uh, has more of those than Kenny Pickett does. The Steelers actually don't have one of those uh, since Big Ben. So just to throw, throw, <laughs> to throw more shit on top of that. But let's go ahead and go over to the running backs. This is going to be where it's at this week in terms of waivers. There is a lot to get through. I'm going to lead things off with the Kansas City running backs. Now, both these guys were likely added in any competitive leagues, but they're still, uh, they were only, they were, both these guys were rostered in less than 40% of ESPN leagues. So I did just want to lead off with them, obviously, because they are going to be in the best offense here. It was notable for me that Clyde Edwards Lair, uh, he did play two more snaps. He obviously saw more touches than McKinnon. McKinnon, uh, 16 of his 30 snaps came during the two-minute drill, though. So it does seem like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to, in this one-game sample anyway, that Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the preferred back. It could easily because it could easily be because of McKinnon working his way back from the injury that he missed two games from. In full PPR leagues, I'd probably still lean McKinnon if he's out there. Half, you know, half point PPR and standard leagues, I'd go CEH, but both these guys should be rostered way more leagues than what they are right now. 
We always saw Alexander Madison go down with what is likely a high ankle sprain. Obviously, with the the state of the Vikings as well, there's probably not going to be any any reason to rush him back. So Ty Chandler is someone who, if you need a running back who is likely going to be working, looking at a workhorse type of role, Ty Chandler is going to be that guy. Kenny Nwangu was the only other running back to see any snaps in this game. He only saw three. So I think it's safe to say that Chandler is going to be the guy going forward. Also, uh, you know, although although this offense does not look fantastic, the Vikings do get the Bengals and the Packers in two of the three uh, fantasy playoff weeks. Both those matchups are going to be really nice for Ty Chandler. So he's high on the list this week. Chase Brown also high on the league, high high on the list this week. Uh, he has seen decent involvement in back-to-back weeks, clearly has more juice than Mixon does at this point of his career. Going back to two weeks ago, uh, Brown did see nine carries. He had one fewer this week on Sunday, but he was actually involved in the passing game on Sunday. He saw three targets. Obviously, that's where the majority of his fantasy points came in on that 50-yard receiving touchdown. He's going to be one of the top ads for me. Uh, you know, he, I think he can have some standalone value, but obviously if Mixon were to uh, get injured or go down, he seems like the clear preference for the Bengals. They tried to go with a, with a couple of different uh, running backs earlier in the year in terms of who's going to be the RB2 behind Mixon, but Chase Brown has been so far the only guy who has shown anything uh, in terms of production. So he is a really good add. Zamir White, um, we had Josh Jacobs go down with what looks like a hyperextended knee. They are also the Thursday night game. Again, this is a, a team that's not going anywhere, so I can't imagine they rush uh, Josh Jacobs back out there. So he should be looked at. Um, it, it, the, we also did not see too many offensive snaps for the Raiders after Josh Jacobs went down. But they're going to be going up against a Chargers team that is likely going to be without Justin Herbert. So I can't imagine we see too much Amir Abdullah in terms of a pass-catching role just because they're not necessarily going to need that. I did throw Keaton Mitchell on here. He's still sitting around like that 35% uh, roster, roster percentage on ESPN. I know he's probably not available in your leagues, but if he's sitting out there for whatever reason, he needs to be picked up as well. I wouldn't look too much into this past week in terms of Justice Hill leading that running back group. This was a scenario where the Ravens were playing from behind, so Justice Hill kind of came in. It was the guy who ran a ton of routes, it, you know, relatively speaking, in terms of the backfield. But it was still Keaton Mitchell, who actually saw more carries than Gus Edwards, so he definitely needs to be rostered. I moved Rico Dattle out of the pure handcuff range, and I think he is an ad. We saw him get more involved in this uh, in this game this past week against uh, against Philly. He definitely needs to be rostered. He's someone who might have some standalone value, but obviously if Tony Pollard goes down, it's going to be the Rico Dowdle show. Kenny Gainwell kind of in a similar position there. He's getting some touches behind uh, behind DeAndre Swift, so he should be rostered as well because if anything happens to Swift, I do think we see Rashad Penny come into the fold a little bit, but it's clear that uh, – that's going to be Kenny Gainwell and some Boston Scott type of action. And then Deonta Foreman, uh, you know, allowed Roshan Johnson to get Kev's hopes up two weeks ago with the injury. But coming out of the bye, Foreman just returns and ends up, goes right back to being the lead back. Uh, he, I think he's honestly looked like the best back for the majority of the year outside of like one and a half games from Khalil Herbert. 
But in week 14, we saw Foreman get 55% of the snaps, which doesn't sound great. But he did handle 73% of the running back rush attempts. Also had three targets on 16 routes run. That was one more route run than Roshan and Herbert combined. So I think Foreman is going to be the guy here. But I also think this could just be a headache and we could see Herbert be the lead back the next week. You know, Roshan Johnson pops up. But I think as of right now, it does look like Deonta Foreman. So if you need to plug someone in, he's out there. He's widely available. Uh, handcuff plus range, Tajay Spears, Michael Carter, Dearness Johnson. Again, with the with the Jags, we have seen uh, Travis Etienne not be as, as involved in terms of a snap share as he was earlier in the season. So Dearness Johnson is definitely a guy I want to pick up. And then in the handcuffs, Eli Mitchell, Chase Edmonds, the Atlanta running backs, Cordell Patterson, Keeps getting some touches. He is going to be way more uh, available than Tyler Algier, but both of those guys should be available. Royce Freeman is the only running back getting touches behind Kyron Williams, and Kyron Williams is kind of holding that to himself. But Royce Freeman would be the clear handcuff to have there. And then for some deep ads, uh, Ty Johnson, the the running backs of the Bills have been way more involved with Joe Brady taking over. Ty Johnson, you know, has a little bit of juice. I think he has more pop. Than, uh, than Latavius Murray. He's doing well with the limited touches he is getting. So if anything were to happen to like Latavius Murray or James Cook, I think Ty Johnson gets a little bit more involved. But in like 14-team leagues and deeper, I think you can throw him in the flex in a pinch. Dario Gambale, Kev, you were talking about uh, C.J. Shroud going down. The For the past two weeks, Ogunbowale has been the preferred pass catching back for the Texans. They may need him now. I can't imagine there's going to be too many games, uh, or especially for for next week. Let me let me rephrase that for next week anyway. If CJ Shroud were to miss with the concussion, they might be without Nico Collins. Obviously, they already lost Tank Dell, so Ogunbowale could be uh, could be someone to look at. And I threw Chris Rodriguez on here. Uh, it did look like Brian Robinson was going to miss multiple weeks with that hamstring injury. But Ron Rivera came out today and said that he expects uh, Brian Robinson to practice. So obviously, if Brian Robinson is going to be back, that just absolutely puts the the kibosh on Chris Rodriguez. But for Antonio Gibson, he was sitting around like that 50% ownership on ESPN. If he's out there, you could look to add him. But uh, Chris Rodriguez is just a name in deep leagues to keep an eye on just in case Brian Robinson were to miss but it does look like he's at least going to try to play and should be a practice this week. Just wild, right? Like, you know, you, your team that's out of it. Hey, let's, let's see, maybe see what Chris Rodriguez can do, right? Let's hold him out. Let's hold him on another week. till he's making, make sure he's hundred percent healthy, but you got to run somebody out there. You just got to do it. Anyways, let's move over to the wide receiver position. Now there, there's not a ton to talk about here when it comes to what I know we got some players on this list, but I kind of wanted to add some players on here just because of, uh, you know, not there's just there wasn't a lot of standout options this week. I mean, I put Odell Beckham. I feel like Odell Beckham, Curtis Samuel, and Noah Brown are probably rostered a lot of your competitive leagues. But I still wanted to talk about them. I mean, Odell Beckham is the cover boy for most people this week in terms of the wide receivers to add. Had another solid uh, game on Sunday, but he held in four passes for 97 yards and a score for 19 uh, PPR points. While Beckham continues to play a part-time role uh, in terms of routes run, he's still a bigger part of the offense. And the Ravens have a very, very favorable end-of-season schedule with matchups against the Jaguars, 49ers, and Dolphins, which are all plus matchups for wide receivers. So 
Odell does somebody uh, is somebody if he is sitting out there should be rostered. Curtis Samuel was on week, uh, was on bye this past week, but the last time we saw him, he was targeted five times, turned that into sixty five yards on four catches. Granted, rest of the season schedule is tough with matchups against the Rams, Jets, and 49ers, but uh, they should be uh, uh, in passing game scripts in at least two of the three of those. So Curtis Samuel does make some sense there. Zay Jones, another uh, not li- another. He's probably not likely available, especially after the week he came off with week prior. But still, was twenty nine percent rostered. But Jones saw a whopping fourteen targets on Sunday. However, he was only able to haul in five of those for twenty nine yards. Obviously, not very efficient. But he played eighty four percent of the snaps, and we'll continue to see a very heavy workload with Christian Kirk out on IR. Jonathan Mingo. Uh, Mingo's 28% target share once again led the team this week, but he also did, uh, didn't do much with them, only hauling in two of them uh, for 22 yards. But he did see nine targets in that game. He has now seen six or more targets in five straight games, but Bryce Young overthrew him on what would have been a, his first NFL touchdown. Uh, Mingo sees the, targets, uh, sees the targets to be a viable fantasy option. However, the production is just not following him right now, mainly because that offense is just terrible. Uh, but Jonathan Mingo, if you're looking in a pinch, you're looking for somebody, Jonathan Mingo does make some sense. Next up, let's talk about Michael Wilson, the guy I've been talking about all year. But Wilson returned uh, to their unofficial practice session on Monday, which is a very positive sign. He has missed their last three games due to an injury. But uh, prior to the injury, he had 50 or more receiving yards in five of the eight games he played in. And now with Kyler under center, uh, Wilson could be a, a solid flex option. I expect him to turn back to the starting lineup and be a, a, a every down wide receiver. He's also widely available. It should change uh, with matchups against the 49ers, Bears, and Eagles. Two of those are very good matchups against wide receivers. So Michael Wilson is a is near kind of the top that I would look to add, mainly because I just think guys like Odell, Curtis Samuel, Noah Brown are all probably going to be widely uh, owned in most leagues that are competitive anyways. Demario Douglas, he has missed the last two games with a concussion. He should have a shot at returning uh, this week. Uh, Douglas will continue to be a volume-based flex option in PPR formats, but they do get really uh, positive game script matchups, at least passing scripts against the Chiefs, Broncos, and Bills. He's only rostered 20% of leagues. Quinton Johnston. I've talked about this guy. He's 21% rostered. To me, you'd have to be kind of desperate to add Quentin Johnson. I know the 91 yards on three receptions look pretty intriguing, but the majority came on a, on a rare, impressive 57-yard reception from Easton Stick. The opportunity has been uh, there the last month, and he's done little with it. Now with Herbert out for the foreseeable future, he's going to be even less intriguing, but if you are desperate, he's going to be out there running routes for sure. Um, hopefully, maybe this is a sign of things to come, that maybe he's kind of figured some things out because he has dropped that pass more often than he's caught it. Uh, It was a very nice catch, that 57-yard, that really kind of made his day. But he is really hard to trust, and now it looks to be one of the worst offenses in the league. Now you're going to have Easton stick out here handling the quarterback position. Uh, Some other guys that I just wanted to hit on, maybe some guys, they're not really must-add for me, more so stash. I don't like to say stash with only three weeks left of the season, but maybe, guys, if you're in a pinch, you need a flex option. Uh, Michael Gallup, 12% rostered. He caught three of the five targets for 48 yards at a score. Uh, he's going to be extremely hard to trust being the number four target in the offense due to only running about 50% of the routes. But if you're extremely desperate due to injuries, he, he is uh, attached to the, one of the best offenses in the league uh, and on offense that throws the ball a lot. So Michael Gallup, you know, you could hope and pray for a touchdown. Rashad Bateman, much like Odell Beckham. He has uh he he has one of the best remaining season schedules like we talked about, but he did see his route participation drop from eighty five percent the week prior down to forty six percent. But uh, Rashad Bateman was battling the flu all last week, so this uh, this is likely the reason that we saw such a steep decline. And as Nelson Aguilar saw a jump from forty percent to sixty seven percent 
uh, in week 14. So I do think that it had a lot to do with it. Rashad Bateman, 16%. And then Kadarius Tony. I don't really want to mention his name, but uh, here we are. We, we finally saw a big uh, movement from the Chiefs, you, uh, the way they use their wide receivers this week. Uh, Rishi Rice ran a season-high 82% of the routes, saw a, a team-high 27% target share. However, we saw MVS and Sky Moore drop significantly, as they fucking should, and, and Tony jumped up to nearly 50% of the routes and saw a 24% target per route run rate, which is just behind Rishi Rice. Tony was uh, was a half yard away from scoring a touchdown off a ladder from Travis Kelsey, but Tony is extremely hard to trust and, and would have to be really hurting. But Tony is seeing a bump in usage and somebody that they're going to manufacture touches for uh, this right now. It's, it's he's kind of their, their best, one of their best playmakers. I know he does a lot of dumb things. He drops a lot of passes. Can't figure out where to line up. But what, when, without those things considered, Canarius Tony still is uh, somebody that is going to see a lot of targets and their schedule remaining. Is, is against the Patriots. It's against the Bengals, which is a great matchup. Against the Raiders, which is a good matchup. So, I mean, the, the rest of the season schedule should be should be pretty favorable for them. And then Parker Washington was another player I wanted to highlight. Kind of thought of put, putting him as kind of like an ad, but he caught two or three passes for 27 yards and a score uh, for on 10 fantasy points. Uh, he only saw a 6% target share, though, which will make him hard to trust, but he is worth an ad in deeper formats. Let's wrap it up with the week 15 tight end streams. There are uh, actually a couple decent options here, depending on how deep you need to go, but we're going to lead it off with Isaiah likely and Logan Thomas. Both those guys are rostering about 45% of ESPN leagues. Isaiah likely is obviously going to be the one to, uh, to roster here in the best offense did have a solid day on Sunday. A lot of that coming on the, like basically like the broken play where he was left all alone on the left side and ran it in for the touchdown, but he should still be the at the top of the list. Logan Thomas, you can always count on him for you know four for forty. If he finds the end zone, he's really going to make you happy. But he he's obviously going to be in the streaming conversation week in and week out. Tucker Craft going to be out there running a ton of routes with Jordan Love, although they are not looking great right now going up against the Giants. But he uh, he's obviously in the discussion as well. Tanner Hudson. He keeps putting together solid days, uh, solid weeks in terms of fantasy production. Jake Browning, you know, we had the we had the bad week, the first start he had, but the past two games, he's been looking really solid in replacement of Joe Burrow. So Hudson found the the end zone once again this week, and that's really the only thing you can uh, you can hope for out of your tight ends. Michael Mayer, again, out there running a ton of routes. Davis Allen is someone who is interesting as long as if uh, Tyler Higby is out. We saw Davis Allen, the fifth-round rookie from for the Rams, come out and end up being the guy at tight end with Hunter Long going down with a knee injury. Made the most of it, played 73% of the snaps, ran 63% of the routes, Caught four of his five targets for 50 yards and a score. Definitely a thin play here, and he's only going to be viable if uh, if Tyler Higby were to miss again. And then Gerald Everett, Kevin, you're kind of talking about Quentin Johnson, but Gerald Everett here, you you don't love it with Easton Stick uh, being at quarterback, but saw the the most targets for the Chargers. And another name I didn't have on here would be Hunter Henry. I don't necessarily want to chase what he did this past uh, this past Thursday against the Steelers. Yes, he had the two touchdowns, but he had three catches. That's obviously not a repeatable performance, but uh, he's someone you could take a look at in Week 15 as well. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.